Welcome to our first ever live episode of the All Hoops Podcast. Free agency officially begins in about three or four minutes. So we will break down all the big signings as they are reported on Twitter, plus take your questions about your favorite teams. I am Steve Inman, joined by the great and charismatic Chris Burrito. Chris, very excited to have you here on this very special basketball night. Hey, Stevie. We, this, by many respects, is the most important day of the NBA calendar for us. As people, as as people with a team that is perpetually never in the conversation, for but, us, always, had, but always in the conversation at the same time. People with a team that is perpetually. Um, I'm just glad that the Knicks look like they're going to make a big move at six o'clock. Uh, looks like we're going to get Jalen Brunson, but the biggest news of today already is uh, Kevin Durant wanting a trade out of the Nets. So we don't know where he's going, but it looks like the Suns maybe his most interested interested place he wants to play at. Um, but I'm wondering, where do you think he lands? If I'm the Nets, I got to put my foot down and be like, you don't want to be here. I'm trading you to wherever I can get the best return. And to me, I don't want DeAndre Aiden. Like, that doesn't interest me. I want that 22-year-old young stud who I can build around, build a franchise around for the next, you know, five, ten years. So I'm telling Phoenix, hey, great. You want Kevin Durant? Give us Devin Booker. If not, you're out of the conversation. Right. And and quite frankly, like, the Suns do have some interesting pieces there. You know, like, as you mentioned, uh, Booker would be amazing to get in, in, in Brooklyn. But if you're the Suns, do you want to take a chance on Kevin Durant, who, you know, he's been healthy last year, but he had his big injury a few years ago. Are they willing to take that risk? And I think that's the biggest question right now. I think New Orleans, to me, is the sexiest answer here because if I'm the Nets, I'm like, sure, I'll take Zion Williamson. And if you're New Orleans, you could say, hey, we're trading a guy who didn't play for us last year. We were a playoff team without him, and we're adding Kevin Durant into the mix. I think that's something that might blow up the internet, but it's also something that could actually make some sense. Yeah. And I then mean, other guys, you know, Toronto with Scotty Barnes, could would they trade him and picks for KD and try to go win another championship like the way they did with, with uh, Kawhi Leonard, except now you have Durant for four seasons. And, uh, yes, I know I see one of the comments basically saying, does it really matter if Kevin Durant has four, you know, seasons left on his deal if he's going to request a trade? Well, let's just say it doesn't work out in Phoenix or Toronto or one of these places for a year or two, then you have the opportunity to go get that massive haul back for Kevin Durant in two years, should he be healthy? Yeah, and I saw another report. I don't know how feasible it is, but I think, well, Kyrie and Kevin just don't want to play in Brooklyn together. Do we see a scenario where they play together somewhere else? I can't see it. I just don't. I mean, Kevin makes, you know, 40 million. Irving makes 36 you know, it's going to be so hard to put those, that money together, whereas you can probably get a better return for Durant by himself. And then if I'm if I'm uh, the Nets, I'm probably going to take that Russell Westbrook and two first-round pick deal for Irving, and then I buy out Westbrook. At least I get two future picks that could be pretty good for, you know, a guy who doesn't want to be here. Well, I think it really depends what the Nets want to do. I mean, right now the Nets have the – have a are in a great position because they're not either here nor there in terms of 
they haven't revealed what their cards are. Like they don't know if they want to be contending or not. But you know, as Ben Simmons as the centerpiece there, um, do you build around Ben Simmons now? Like, well, you build around Ben Simmons with whatever you get back. Like if you get Ben Simmons and Zion, that's not a bad duo. To uh, are you reacting to a trade? What are you doing? I, yeah, you, I am. What do you got? Well, not, even, not even a trade, but um, Malik Monk is signing with Sacramento Kings. Yeah, that's one domino, one big domino. Okay. Um, Nikola Jokic, Jokic has agreed to a five-year, two hundred and sixty-four million dollars super max contract with the Nuggets to stay there. DeAndre Jordan is signing with the Nuggets. <laughs> Isaiah Hart, Hart, Hartenstein, Hartenstein, he signed a two-year deal with the Knicks for two, for sixteen million. So it's literally six oh one. Everything's blowing up. Okay. Yes. Victor right, Oladipo. So- Victor Oladipo is returning to Miami in a one-year, eleven million dollar deal. And the Suns. Okay, the Suns and Devin Booker have finalized a four-year, two hundred and fourteen million dollars supermax contract extension. Well, that takes him out of the Durant sweepstakes, I guess. Yeah, I don't think. And Bradley Beal is staying with the Wizards. Did he get his supermax? He did. Okay. Two hundred and fifty-one million for five years to stay with the Wizards. I'm going to say right now with Beal, that's going to be considered over. one of the three or four worst contracts in the NBA in two years. Okay, over under, he stays there two seasons. I don't think they're going to be able to trade him. I mean, you know, two, three years from now, if he's injured and he's not playing well, you know, him making 50 plus million a year is going to be really hard to move. I mean, we're talking about Westbrook, you know, making that kind of money. We normally think about that deal when he signed in Oklahoma City five teams ago. Uh, you know what, Chris? Why don't we take some yeah. comments and uh, see what people are saying? So I'm going to pull up a couple and you just basically, we're going to react to them. So, uh, <laughs> Let's start with this one from our guy, Justin. What other pieces, now that they signed Jalen Brunson, do the Knicks need to compete for a title? Okay, so we need talent. We need... What kind of talent specifically? Sure, sure. So I think... Jalen Brunson and Isaiah Hawkinson. Right. So right now, I think, in terms of the Knicks, we need more shooting. Um, I think a lot of our problems are solved if we have at shooting and just like a, a 1A star. We don't have a 1A star. Julius Randle is not a 1A star, and neither is Brunson. But I'm intrigued to see what the chemistry of the team looks like now with an actual point guard. I think the biggest concern I had with our team, the Knicks, uh, down the stretch from many games that we couldn't execute. And largely because everyone knew what we were going to do. We were going we to give Julius Randle the ball. He was going to take two or three dribbles and pull up from the mid-range and miss. So... I think moving forward, like having a point guard really helps. And, but one of the biggest problems we have is that we don't have any shooting. So in order for us to be a contender, we need to get a 1A star like, who knows, like Kevin Durant. Uh, That's not happening. That is not happening. Kevin Durant and figure it out after that. Yeah, I mean, to me, the guy was DeJounte Murray. I thought he, with Jalen Brunson, would have been the perfect fit. They kind of help each other's, you know, weaknesses to a degree. But we had this – I think this team is going to be in wait-and-see mode to wait until when that next star guard wing kind of guy is going to be there and ready to go. You know, I brought up the other day maybe SGA. I don't think he's a guy you could probably get in a trade right now unless you really overpay. 
but yeah. is that a guy who you better be like at the trade deadline? Is that a guy I'd you get next summer? You know, you put him as a guy who's played with a star guard in Chris Paul before. Is he a guy who could be part of the next great Knicks team? Um, they did bring in Isaiah Hartenstein to kind of transition a little bit. I like that. He's a guy who's kind of bounced around the league, really found a home with the Clippers last year. I think he's better than being a backup, but he's probably not a starter. I still think they're going to bring in Mitchell Robinson, but I think he's an upgrade over Nerlens Noel at, you know, a slight, slight discount. He's a guy who is a very underrated passer. He's a guy who can kind of, you know, help move the ball around a little bit. And he's still a pretty good shot blocker too. He's one of those guys that the analytics people really love because the, you know, he doesn't play a lot of minutes, but he would still kind of rack up the points, the rebounds, the blocks, the, you know, the assists. So I think he's a guy who could really help this team. And let's face it, Mitch has not been a very healthy player for his entire career. So if all of a sudden Isaiah Hartenstein needs to start for six weeks, this is not going to ruin the season. So I really like that move. But again, this team is a 42 win team right now. So unless they have some big move up their sleeve, they really just spend $110 million on Jalen Brunson to fight for a playing team. So I just wanted to to give another update. Um, Afrony Simmons, he's Afrony Simons, yeah. Simons, yes. Uh, he's uh, he's staying with Portland, and Bobby Portis is also staying with the Milwaukee Bucks. So four years, forty nine million for for Portis. That's uh, apparently that's the maximum he can receive on his deal. I like that for the Bucks. I mean, he was a guy who was kind of a really good spark plug for them. And they always seemed like they were like a player short. So like losing a key rotation guy like him uh, would have really hurt them. I really yeah. thought you're cracking up at the, what are the comments? So I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of our comments and I, I guess Mitch was saying that while we were talking about the Knicks and Mitch, Mitch said they need dot, dot, dot God. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all, we all do, but the Knicks do more. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yes. Uh, let's talk about one more question from our guy, Justin. Will next season ticket holders be okay? What season ticket holders? Waiting for that joke. Sorry, net fans. Honestly, though, I think they are going to be okay. You still have Ben Simmons. I know that's kind of a joke, but I think the way this is going to be structured is you're going to be able to go get yourself a pretty good young player. And the pretty good young players, a Jaron Jackson, a Scotty Barnes, they all seem to be big men who can kind of run the floor and be like kind of a perfect combination with a Ben Simmons so like yes the championship window if you trade Kevin Durant is shut but you're still gonna have a very good young fun team for the next couple years at least so here's my one concern with Ben Simmons and I think right now is probably the best situation for him because he has no one to defer to unless the Knicks unless the Nets get a a huge star to compliment Ben Simmons which I, I just don't see happening um, ben Simmons can recreate himself. Ben Simmons can can now lead a team by himself. Now he has no more excuses. Now he can play as best as he can. I mean, I, I think part of the concern with him in Philly was that he could never run his own team, and Embiid obviously stifled his form of playmaking. But now he has all the reins in the world. Let's take another one from our guy Mitch. How can his Wolves offload D'Lo? D'Lo had a pretty good regular season, a not very good postseason. He's got one year left on his deal. There's talking about do you trade him, do you extend him, what do you really do with him? I think if they want to dump him, they can. I think he's a he's not a great contract, but as you see with this Jalen Brunson deal, 
teams, there's always going to be a team starving for a point guard. And he's a guy who's had some pretty good moments in his career. He's not severely overpaid. So I think they could trade him. And uh, it's just really about what can you get back that is an upgrade over him. And I think it's going to be difficult unless of course you're trading D'Lo and every pick you have in the next decade for Kevin Durant. I was just going to bring that up. I mean, the Timberwolves make a lot of sense in terms of a team that has the talent enough to, to potentially make a trade with the, with the Nets. If I'm, I'm, I have to, I have to get Edwards. And I think the, the, the Timberwolves would say no to that, but I would be like, I'm not taking D'Angelo Russell back and your picks that are going to be in the 20s. like, you have to give me Edwards. Yeah. And the good thing about Kevin Durant is that he's not one of those like mega stars who needs a big city. So somewhere like Memphis, even though I think Memphis is probably out of the running, um, Memphis, Phoenix, Minnesota are places that you could potentially see Kevin Durant. Whereas, you know, LeBron James would probably never play for a small market team besides Cleveland. And just to update the Jalen Brunson thing, it doesn't sound like it's four years, 110. It sounds like it's four years, 104 which is about $26 million a year. So it's a slight difference. And we talked about it yeah. yesterday. Oh, okay. No reason, whenever we're talking about Nick's deals, they always sound worse at first, whether it's not having the team options on them or uh, the draft night fiasco where we thought we dumped the first round pick for Kemba Walker. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see how this all plays out, but it, it seems like the Knicks are kind of out of cap space now with, with Hartenstein and Brunson. So I'm curious to see how they get creative in trying to, avoid a Brunson Fournier backcourt, which is going to be horrific defensively. Oh God, we're going to be awful. Um, I think having Mitch back will obviously not mend the defensive issues, but it will be interesting to see what the Knicks do with Fournier moving forward. I think Fournier was like somebody that, that they were dangling a lot in the off season or during the draft and there were no trades done. No, there were apparently no suitors enough that enticed the Knicks or whatever. Um, anyway, oh, I see Elizabeth has a question. Who would Miami give up for KD? Speaking of the devil. Yeah, so the, there's a weird rule in the CBA that basically says you can't have two rookie scale maxes on your team. So in theory, the Nets would not be able to have Bam and Ben Simmons on the same team. Mm -hmm. So with Bam not being able to be traded, it makes it really hard to make a, a deal work for the Nets. Because like, what are you going to get? You're going to get Jimmy Butler and Hero? Then what is what is KD playing with? You know, I mean, well, they're not Lowry. Do you, you I mean, maybe Bam goes to a third team for a bunch of picks and it's Jimmy. I, I don't. It does. It's too complicated, and that's why if 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 Durant is really pushing Miami Phoenix, I think Phoenix has a much better chance to make that work. And that kind of brings up what Brian is saying. What's the worst deal the Nets might accept? I could see a scenario where they go Aiton, Mikel Bridges, and picks. I think that's the worst deal they would accept. Where you're still getting two really good young players, but you're not really getting that franchise changing building block you're getting two good players but i think if i'm them i'm going to try as hard as i can at first to get a great player i kind of like that and i don't think that's the worst idea either i think that's the worst thing they would accept and even so that's still a pretty good yeah. i'm swinging for the fences first i'm trying to get that barnes uh and evan mobley but if you know if <laughs> i can't get that aiden on a max deal and mikhail bridges 
and picks is not the worst thing to think of, especially if Chris Paul is old, KD is old. Those picks, like the Nets picks now, could be pretty valuable in a few years. Yeah. I mean, looks like Justin in our comments thinks he's being silenced. You're not being silenced, Justin. Um, but in terms of the Suns and the Nets, I mean, what a beautiful way for – not a beautiful way, but um, – one possible theory, just to deviate really quick from the Suns, I would love to see Kevin Durant return to OKC. I mean, Sam Presti has been, you know, sort of stockpiling all these draft assets for the longest time. What are you going to use them for if for not for, for something like this? A treasure trove of assets that you can get for a megastar like KD. And what a better way to save his reputation I mean, obviously, he's a very talented player, one of the best that we have, arguably top three. But what a return. If he returned to OKC and he wins a title there with Shy, whoever else is there, like, I, I see a scenario where Sam Presti could get the assets necessary in order for Kevin Durant to win a title there. I totally agree. It's, to me, my favorite one. It reminds me a lot of, when people were so mad at LeBron James for, for leaving for Miami and then he goes back and it's almost like that was all, all almost forgiven. I think that could be a similar situation here where if I'm Sam Presti, I'm like, here's eight first round picks and Lou Dort or something like that. Although I would love to keep Lou Dort. Um, and then you basically go to Kevin Durant. You say, Hey, we have Shea Gillis Alexander. Who's in his early twenties. He's here for long term, And then you pick the third star. You help you tell me who you want. And I have enough draft picks to acquire you Good. and that third star and the cap space. And then all of a sudden you're ready to go. And I, that's the one I, I really think could happen. See, otherwise you're in a situation like you were with Boston for many years, that they were also stockpiling assets for many, many years. And they never quite pulled the trigger on a big trade to complement the Jalen Browns and the Jason Tatums. And so with OKC like and Sam Presti, who are you stockpiling this for? Like, this would be the deal if I'm the Nets, I would take. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one other interesting one right here from Elizabeth, you know, talking about how can you make Denver work? How do we get the best out of Nikola Jokic? He just signed the Supermax today. You know, M MPJ, Bowens Highland, picks. You know, I don't think that's enough. Uh, the Nuggets really are – I think I think, I think think the Nuggets are missing their 2023, 20, 25, and 27 first-round picks. So it's like, what – they don't really have a lot of draft picks. I think the Michael Porter Jr. contract is considered bad at this point. You know, he missed the whole year. He's making $200 million. I don't know if that's something you'd be like, we just traded Kevin Durant for this guy. So to me, it would have to be, I don't know if they can make it work, even with putting Murray in that deal. Uh, I, I just don't think they have enough. I mean, I'd love to see Jokic play with an actual, like, player. That, well, obviously, you know, Jamal Murray is a fantastic player, but let's, he's not a top-tier player or a player that's going to really turn the Nuggets into a championship team. Um, how is Porter doing? I think the last update we got was that he was recovering from that surgery, right, that back surgery. Um, I mean, that's the biggest shame with Michael Porter Jr. All that He has all that talent, but, you know... And, you know, if he's injury, then injury prone. Well, look, he can come back next year and play 75 games or 70 games and be great. And then all of a sudden that's an asset again. But right now with his <laughs> long injury history and now he's about to get 
big, big money. I, yeah. I don't see that as an asset right now. A um, couple wait, more. Wait. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Are you going to announce more I'm trades? I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, Tyus okay, Jones go. going back to the Grizzlies on a two-year $30 million deal. I really like that. Uh, Wesley Matthews going back to the Bucks. Uh, Damian Jones, two-year deal with the Lakers. They get a uh, you know, backup center. Amir Coffey, three-year deal with the Clippers at $11 million. And uh, let's see, anything else? Did you else? say Javon Carter? Javon Carter back to the Bucks. Joe Ingles to the Bucks. So the Bucks are uh, building out wow. this bench tonight. Uh, if, if Ingles is healthy, that is a very good good deal for them. I think that's he, an underrated underrated signing too. And I think coming off a torn ACL, but if he can come back ready to go, he's a uh, that's a good move for the Bucks. Yes, definitely. And I'll, and I think you know when the Bucks are sort of like struggling for to find another person who can handle the ball. In the postseason, Joe Ingles would be a, a nice little compliment there, too. I brought this up to you as a oh joke before. Uh, our buddy Sebs, basically, Kyrie to the Kings. Let's, I mean, if I'm Joe Sy and all of them and I can't really get anything for Kyrie Irving, let me go dump him on the Kings and try to take back some of this player empowerment. Hey, you want to destroy my franchise? Enjoy being in Sacramento for a year. <laughs> to be to be honest with you, I think that'd be the biggest star in Sacramento since Chris Webber. Honestly, I mean, we have Justin saying, "Do the Kings even want Kyrie?" I don't. I don't know if they want Kyrie. It's more of a joke. But they're <laughs> a weird team, and all of a sudden, if I, you know, you could pitch them on, "Hey, Fox, Sabonis, Kyrie, go, go, uh, go, win forty-one games." I mean, maybe they, maybe they uh, make that work. <laughs> Man, I love all these comments in the chat. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are you uh, guys are yeah. here. You want, you want to take a look at John's comment? Let's see. We got a. Uh, what if OKC trades for KD and sit for a year, tank with Bronny, <laughs> uh, Bronny, and then draft him? LeBron comes over, sign Melo, give CP3 a mid-level. D-Way comes out of retirement, and you have a team banana boat in OKC. I mean, sign me up for that. I mean, I even Dwayne Wade was was sort of practicing. In, in an Instagram video like yesterday, a few days ago, and sort of mulling the unretirement. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to go from there. Uh, I, <laughs> oh my god, this it's last fantastic. one. It's fantastic. I mean, the LeBron James thing it can be very fascinating to see if they are not able to get Kyrie, which I now think they will. If they're not able to get Kyrie, you have Westbrook for a year, you miss the playoffs again. Is he going to leave LA? He very well could because he's got the extension. He's eligible for the extension this summer. I don't know if he's going to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, how do you get the most out of LeBron? Maybe he takes one, one year deals for the rest of his career so he can keep his promise to play with Bronny Jr. Right. So if, you know what? I actually if don't get Kyrie. I think LeBron's going to leave in here. I really do. You know what? In terms of LeBron, the way I see his like career trajectory, like sort of panning out, it looks like his relationship with the Lakers are souring. I mean, unless he wins a championship, and which I don't see possible, I see him returning to Cleveland. LeBron, yes, and wanting to play with and wanting to play with someone like Mobley. Yeah, you know, uh, Chris Boucher, Chris Boucher, three years, thirty-five million back to Toronto. I like that. That's a that's a good move. He's another. So the Knicks sign. Did you see – oh, Daniel House has agreed to a two-year deal with the Sixers. I don't know if you 
say that one earlier. Did not say that one. Lou Dort, five years, eighty-seven million back to Oklahoma City. Uh, that's that's a good deal for him. It's a good deal for the team. I was kind of concerned that they were gonna let that play out and let that offer sheet get out of hand, and all of a sudden there's some bad blood. But they keep a building block with SGA mm-hmm. and. And now, uh, you know, with Chet as well. So that's going to be a pretty good – that's a pretty good young nucleus for a team that people are killing for tanking. Did you see the big news? Isn't that the big news? What's bigger than Lou Dort? P.J. Tucker, three no. years, $33 million? No. Um, Amir Coffey has returned to a three to the Clippers on a three-year. I already year. said that one. Oh, I said fuck. that one. Wow. I mean – so, so far it's been a nice steady stream of, of – of news, basketball news, just right. I guess the Brunson thing isn't official yet, which is kind of interesting. I, I mean, the way they're working is they're trying to make all these pieces fit, like financially. So they might go in a weird order of like what is official and what's not. But um, so <laughs> Elizabeth brought up a, another good question. Uh, well, comment really keep Kyrie and Ben together and make Brooklyn a destination for unwanted players until they want to prove us wrong and win <laughs> and then just i love that one uh, and then justin says that actually worked with Dilo and dinwiddie which is so true i was a big fan of that team uh, i remember you were giving me sort of grief about it because i was rooting for the nets but yeah. you know it was a nice little like nucleus i liked it you know they built the team the right the right way and kind of like poo-pooed it after wanting getting going after Kyrie and kd so we got one from Lark Media basically asking about the KD trade market. How many teams are involved? If you're the Nets, would you actually trade him within the Atlantic division? And I think the answer is yes. I think they would trade him within the Atlantic division. I think they would trade him to basically any team in the NBA that's not the Knicks. They would not trade him to the Knicks. The Knicks have 100,000 draft picks. They're not trading him to the New York Knicks. But I think, yeah. you know, would they trade him to Boston for Jalen Brown? Maybe. Would they trade him to Toronto in a Scotty Barnes deal? I think they would. I don't know if Philly really has anything they would want unless you're going to trade Durant for what James Harden again, like that's not happening. So (laughs) that'd be the weirdest trade we can have, but I definitely think there's a scenario where KD can end up playing the nets four times a year. And I think the in division thing is a little overrated for basketball. You only play these guys, what four times a year instead of two. So it's different in baseball where you're, you're seeing the guy 19 times a year, but in basketball, you're seeing them, you know, less than five times. So I, I don't think it's a it's a huge deal at all. So I think they would definitely trade him in a deal to Boston or Toronto. Yeah, and especially the Sixers and the Nets made a trade earlier this year. And it, granted, it didn't really work out for both teams in a big way. I think there could be interest in like p- potentially like revisiting uh, that later on. So it's not out of the question, I think. Let's uh let's talk about uh, a couple of other big free agents and if we haven't really discussed yet. Uh sure. let's let's see. Uh, I'm trying to go through the list and half these guys already signed. Did Zach Levine sign that? No, not yet. Okay, so that's a guy who, like Bradley Beal, is about to get this supermax, it seems like, from the Bulls. Is that a good idea for the Bulls? It's a good idea for him. I think for a team like the Bulls that has perpetually suffered from a identity crisis after Derek, uh, Derek Rose left. And in that time period between Jordan and, and Rose, like you sort of need someone like Zach Levine to like be the marquee person there for a while. And, 
and I don't hate it. He's he's a good player. He finally has help. He's, we you got they have Demar Derozan. Um, they have something nice building there, and like with um, their their second year forward, what's his name? Patrick. Oh, Patrick Williams. Like Williams. He should improve this year. He was he was injured last year. Uh, the the Lonzo Ball situation sort of worries me though. Where they just don't have an update on whether he'll ever be healthy again. That's a big concern. And I don't love this team. And you know, it's the way I want to build a team. I just don't like competing for eight seeds. And I think this team is slightly. They showed they were slightly better than that last year. But what's the ceiling on this team if this is what Levine is? If this like DeRozan had an amazing year last year, is he going to be as good? You know, those two guys com- are going to combine for what seventy five million next year. You have Lonzo making. 20 plus million a year. So I, is not has not been good since he got there. Like what what is the ceiling for this team with this sure. so I I think they had a little bit of of Nick's I Nick's itis the year that we went to the playoffs like two years like two seasons well, not this season but last season where they just sort of had everything go right and then just flame out at the very end. And they had a matchup against the Sixers that didn't suit them at all. So they they should probably move Nick Vucevic at some point um, and make would the team. You do the, would you do the Vucevic and Patrick Williams rumored deal for Gobert straight up? Because I, I would. would. I would. would. I would. Okay. I mean, I think Vucevic is obviously a nice offensive player, but at least with Rudy Gobert, he raised your ceiling so much higher and you become a playoff team just by having someone like Rudy man the paint. Now the postseason is a different story, but you at least have someone who could potentially guard and beat in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah. You know who's going to guard? Who's going to guard and beat otherwise? Well, let's talk about James Harden for a second. We have one more comment here talking about you know good job by James Harden taking in less money. He had that forty-seven million dollar player option. It seems like he's going to take less money. Um, I'm curious to see what that contract ends up at. You know. Is it a th- is it three years ninety? Is it three years a hundred? And I I still be- I'm a hardened believer. I still believe that this guy can come back, bounce back, especially in the regular season, and be a elite potential All NBA guy around that top fifteen range. And to me, that's worth you know three years a hundred million. I think it is worth it too because you know if James Harden is seventy. 80% from what he was maybe three, two seasons ago. I think we're talking to someone who's like the most talented teammate Embiid has had in his tenure with the Sixers. You know? Yeah, no, it's no, no question about that. I mean, when they, in the regular season from when they got him, they had the best pick and roll in basketball statistically. They were the most lethal combination. It's just they want to win in the postseason. It doesn't really matter if the Sixers win 60 games next year or 50 or 45. As long as they win in the playoffs, that's what matters. And Harden is not shown to be that postseason player. But the numbers are just so good in the regular season that I have to believe at some point he's going to break through. Here's the thing, though, with, with James Harden. He doesn't need to be the alpha. Embiid is the alpha. There's no one, arguably there's no one in the NBA who could guard Embiid. I mean, I just I just talked about Gobert, but like Gobert can at least slow him down a bit. But I'm just saying that like, as long as Embiid's the number one guy there and James Harden is a compliment, I think the Sixers could be a team that, you know, could potentially win the East. 
you saw Embiid after uh, losing to Miami in his presser where he basically said, we have to get tougher. You saw what P.J. Tucker was doing to us. So what do they do? They go out and they bring in P.J. Tucker. So Did, I, is, that, is that signing official though? Yes, yeah, three years, 30-something million. I think that's a pretty good deal for P.J. Tucker. It's a good deal for the Sixers. I'm not sure if he has three years left in his body after all the uh, – you know, the banging down low that he's been doing the last few years, but I think he'll be very good this year. And he was very good for Miami. And it's interesting to see he was very good in Milwaukee and they didn't really show much interest in bringing him back. He's very good in Miami and they didn't show much interest in bringing him back. So I'm curious what's going on where he's bouncing around to contender after contender, but it seems like this is a guy who could really help Philly. Well, the thing I like about Tucker is that he gives – just by the fact that he can shoot the three from the corners, like gives Embiid so much space to operate. And you add someone like James Harden, Tyrese Maxey's also in that team. Like there's going to be so much spacing for that team to operate in within the three point line. And I'm so curious to see what that team ends up being. Um, and, you know, we talked about some of the signings earlier and the Sixers are primed to make another, you know, another run for the Eastern conference crown. So. Yeah. Especially, you know, one less contender in town with the Brooklyn Nets for sure. Uh, let's get one more about Kevin Durant. We haven't really talked about the Utah jazz. Could they make a package centered around Rudy? I don't think so. I, I just don't see Rudy having that kind of trade value. I could see a package of Donovan Mitchell and all your picks. And then is KD and Rudy Gobert enough. Is that a place where Kevin Durant would, pout about being traded to maybe so, um, that's, so that's something worth watching where you say hey we're going to build a team around ben simmons and donovan mitchell in brooklyn so i'm a little nervous of if i were a nets fan like the whole like so danny Ainge is obviously someone who's very involved with that organization now and after we saw how the celtics basically stifled the nets you know in that pierce kg trade that ended up being i believe it was jalen brown and jason tatum if i'm if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, if I'm the Nets, I want to be nowhere near Danny Ainge and anything he has to offer. So yeah, that, that's he, my favorite. I tried hard with Boston to try to get Kevin Durant to take a meeting with them the first time. So I think Utah is, the, is an interesting stealth play for, in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. I just wouldn't put Rudy Gobert in that trade discussion. I, I just don't see him having that kind of value. Agreed. Um, All right, let's go back and see if there's any other big deals going on. Uh, Thaddeus Young, two years, 16, back to Toronto. It looks like uh, Mo Bamba might be going back to Orlando, two years, 21 million. Uh, he's a guy who, obviously, I thought he, was, he needed a change of scenery. And then finally, when they got rid of Steve Clifford, he started to play a little better. He was getting more minutes. You know, mm-hmm. older coach, not playing young players. Where have we heard that before? with uh, our New York Knicks, but what do you think of Mo Bamba, you know, at 10 million a year as a, as a backup to Wendell Carter? I like it a lot with Orlando. I mean, Orlando is a, a really young team. Now they have an, a, a potential like one, a sort of top tier alpha guy in, in Paulo Bonchero. So I like what this team is doing. I mean, they're kind of like a bunch of different types of pieces altogether. And now that they have Bonchero, like there at least seems to be a lead guy, and I wonder what that team looks like. Cole Anthony and Bonchero have been seen practicing already. So 
Did you see Paolo Bancaro on his Instagram story put up him with a KD in the match? I mean, tampering is everywhere. And I think the only team that's going to get punished for it is the New York Knicks for signing Jalen Brunson. They claim an hour before free. It was probably. You you should should pose the same question you posed to me earlier in our personal chat. What what was that? What? what? So I don't know if you guys know, but. Jalen Brunson's dad is an employee for the New York Knicks. He's an assistant coach with with the team. So is it technically tampering if Jalen Brunson talks to his dad about what he wants to do next in his life? That's a great question. I mean, this is a big decision of his life. Why can't he talk to his dad? And I think that if I'm the Knicks, I'm not going to do the whole, oh, we didn't tamper. We had nothing. We never talked to him. I would just be like, no, we only talked to his dad. You talk, you talk to his dad. What's he, what's he supposed to do? You know. I mean, yes. It. I mean, it is. Ten, it is. Ten. And I, I'll take the fine, but I know at some point Adam Silver's dying to get tampering off, off out of the NBA, and they're going to be like, "All right, you lost your first round pick next year. You lost your first round pick for two years." They're going to do something like that at some point soon because lo- the Bucks or the Heat losing the fifty-six pick in the draft is not doing it. So eventually, that hammer's going to come down, and of course, it would come down on the Knicks. Oh. <laughs> we get we get a number one pick once, get accused of conspiracy, and never get anything fall in our favor ever again. Uh, the Nets just made Royce O'Neal deal official. How about that? They trade a first round pick for next year for Royce O'Neal. They have to have thought that he was going to be the bruiser protector in a Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving team, and now all of a sudden it's like. This guy is here as a contending role player who is not on a contending team. They're going to have to flip him again. I mean, Royce O'Neal will probably get something similar if if the Nets are out of playoff contention. But it'll yeah, still but be a- Nets' first-round pick right now is a lot nicer than whatever first-round pick they're going to get because they're going to get a contender's first-round pick. You know what? We should We should talk about that Houston deal – um, because Brooklyn has Brooklyn's going to look like a, a much worse team this Brooklyn, is coming. It's 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 not looking great. I mean, it's I'm still so optimistic that they can go out and get that building block, that really good young player. But all of a sudden, if Kevin Durant goes, no, I'm going to Phoenix, you get Aiden. Like, what are you going to do? You know, the it's a, as we've said a few times, the players' league, and we're going to really see how much power a guy like Kevin Durant has with four years left on his deal. Is he going to be able to stop a, a trade to, you know, Minnesota or Memphis or something like that? I don't know. I mean, and, that's... And, and Justin's right. Royce O'Neal did not have a good playoffs. He is not, he can't guard anyone really. He's considered his three and D guy. And I, I, I don't, I didn't really get trading a first round pick for him before. Uh, and, you know, Brian's selling t- Nets tank for Victor. They don't have any other picks. The Rockets would give Victor. Like the, the, it would be, you know, don't they have? Isn't it the Rockets have the Nets picks next year, and then the year after that, there's a swap, and then it's, they have them every year, every other year, and then there's a swap the years they don't. So there's no realistic chance they can get Victor Wembanyama. So the no so the Rockets right now look like the biggest winners out of this and, and everyone, including us, we killed them. We said, "How do you not get Jared Allen back in this deal? How do you not? How do you trade for trade away Karis LeVert? You didn't get anything, and now it looks." It looks pretty good. The power of tanking. I'm telling you, it's a thing. 
all right, we need to talk about this. Like, I, I think tanking is the wrong word. I think youth movement is probably more accurate. But by tanking, I say we we traded James Harden, and we don't want any players back. We only want picks. To me, that's tanking. Their big incentive at the time was how do we get as bad as we possibly can so we can get a top draft pick? And that's what they did. They got a second pick. They got Jalen Green. And, you know, people around that organization were trying to say, hey, Jalen Green should count as part of that trade because we wouldn't have had him if we didn't train James Harden. And to me, that's what they're talking about with tanking. No, no, I hear you. But I think even one of with one of our buddies, Sebs, we – we get into this philosophical argument about whether tanking is okay. Losing on purpose is okay. You're saying that's okay. I'm saying you need to have a plan and being trying to be an eight, 10 seed, like the Kings every year is not a plan. You know, you, you have to be able to find a way to how do we get to a championship team? And the way to do that is you've got to have one of the 10 or 12 best players in the NBA and if you're a small market team or you're a really dumb team like the Knicks, the only way to really do that is to get lucky in a draft. And to me, the only way to get lucky in a draft is to either have great scouting so you could find a Steph Curry at, at, at seven and a Clay Thompson at 11, or more likely, you accidentally got the first overall pick. And to me, that's the way I would go. Which the Knicks never get, so. No, of course not. But at the same time, the Knicks tried tanking one year for Zion. They had the worst record in the NBA. They got a third pick, and James Dolan said, we're never doing this again. And they've been, you know, mid-30s wins three of the last four years. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Kyrie to Houston would be funny, yes. Uh, imagine him with uh, all their young players like Kevin Porter and Jalen Green who don't want to share the ball now. Oh, looks like Kyrie, looks like Kyrie is focused on – forcing his way to the Lakers. I mean, yikes. I mean, honestly, though, if, if I'm the Nets and I don't have another better deal, I'll be like, all right, give us Westbrook and the two first rounders. Those first rounders, like we're not, can't protect those first rounders. They're unprotected. And I really believe that those picks are going to be pretty valuable. They're just really far away. <laughs> so it's, it's just one of those situations where it's like, is this a good return for Kyrie? No but we don't have another choice. And I don't really know what else they could do. You know, there was talk about Dallas being interested. Dallas would be like, you could have Dinwiddie back. Is that better? You know, I don't think other teams are, are, are keeping up or giving first round picks away. And if I'm, if I'm the Lakers, this is pretty much my only chance to have a LeBron Davis plus other star team without trading Westbrook. Cause I don't think any other team's going to take Westbrook. Well, you know what? It makes it, it would make a lot of sense for the Nets actually because Russell isn't Russell on a one year deal. One year is like forty seven point four million, and I think they would probably buy him out and then let him go to a contender. They would, you know, be like, "Hey, John Wall gave us six and a half million back. Do the same, and you can go pick your team." You know, I do that honestly. So at this point, I mean, I just you got to get Kyrie off your team. You have to, and if I'm the Lakers, I don't have any other options. They're, they're, Laker fans feel like they have a 10 different options because of the Lakers. They don't, they have no money and they have two draft picks for the rest of the decade. This, and all of a sudden this amazing opportunity to get a all NBA guy because he's too dysfunctional fell into your lap. 
you have to take this opportunity if you actually get it. I mean, it would be – see, I think if I'm the Lakers, I'd be like, yeah, we were playing this the whole time or, like, they look cool. I mean, the Lakers were – basically had no other option right now. Like, this is, like, a miracle, frankly. Yeah. Especially after net, after Kyrie opted in, I didn't think there was a chance. Yeah, and I'd be curious to see where Russ would go. But is there a, is there a waiting period after uh, signing the deal? There's always a waiting period for all these things, but it's not real. Like Shams and Woj are going to report on it three days before it's official. I mean, fair enough. Uh, so, uh, well, we haven't had a new deal in a while. Uh, it looks like things are sort of like calming down a bit, but it looks like, uh, oh, Traveling Queen has agreed to a deal for the Sixers. We. One other thing I wanted to bring up, we haven't talked about the Spurs. Greg Popovich finally says, all right, we're tanking in his like last season coaching. That's weird, right? Are we sure he's coming back? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I see a scenario where this is the last season for him. But like your last season is going to be what a 20 win season. Maybe. I mean, they trade Murray. They didn't, they waived Gallinari, the only player they got back for it. I think Jake, Jacob Puddle is going to be next. He's a uh, Jacob Hurdle, excuse me. He's a, uh, he's and a good center. I like him. And I think so, he's a guy who could fit a lot of teams. So two thoughts on that. And well, one thought and then a separate thought. But my first thought is like, if Bruce Brown is with the Spurs and he must have extreme PTSD, having a team rebuilding again after what the Sixers did to him. Who? Uh, Bruce Brown. The Nets guy? Oh, sorry, not Bruce Brown. Um, the coach. What what coach? Uh, the coach of the Nets, of the Sixers. The one who just went back to the um, the Spurs. Oh, Brett Brown. You're talking about Brett Brown. Yeah, sorry, Brett Brown. And Brett you Brown know, just returned to the Spurs. Yes. I, w- I wonder how far the Spurs will pull this rebuild. Like, I think I think they're going to trade Jacob Pertle. Do they trade a Keldon Johnson who's on a pretty nice contract? Do they, you know, they they basically told Lonnie Walker, we're not even going to try to match any offer sheet you get. You could just be an unrestricted free agent, which I thought was weird. So I think they're going to tear this thing down to the studs because they're that in love with getting a Scoot Henderson or a, or a Victor next year and – they they don't really tank too often, but the last time they were this bad, what did they get? They got Tim Duncan, and then they had 20 excellent years of basketball. So, of course, they're, they're going to be the team. They tried this one time. Well, do. they didn't purposely tank. It was David Robinson who was there. hurt, and then right. they got lucky and got the Twin Towers. I think they very well could do that, and I, I like Heldon Johnson a lot. I, I don't – think they would trade him but i also didn't think they would trade dejounte murray with two years left on his deal too so we have mm-hmm. to wait and see about that that uh chris is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up oh yes i'm surprised the blazers haven't done much well they gave anthony simons four years a hundred right. million dollars. we we expected that i mean there's just like no movement i mean the other thing they're going to try to i mean they brought in grant and the other the other thing they're going to try to do is they're going to try to bring back Nurkic and not break the bank for him. I think that's going to be an interesting signing because 
what does he get? Does he get four years, three, you know, 15 million a year for three years or four years? So that's going to be a, a tough one for them. But I don't love what they're doing. Lillard and Simons to me is just as bad defensively as Lillard McCollum was. And you bring in Grant, who's who's nice, but he's only got a year left. Are you going to pay him in, in a year? I, I still don't think they have a power forward. It's been, you know, 10 years without a power forward. Basically since, what, LaMarcus Aldridge left. They haven't yeah. really replaced him. And then and then center, I think they're just going to bring back Nurkic, which I think is fine if if he's healthy. But to me, that's, that's a play-in team. And I just hate these teams trying to fight for the middle. I guess it's different I mean, if you're in Portland and you have a, a Damian Lillard you're trying to hold on to for the rest of his career, but I don't like it. All right, why don't we go over the West real quick? So we have the Clippers, Dallas. We have uh, the, War- the NBA champion Warriors. Dallas, uh, Denver. Should we put the Lakers in the playoff mix? I don't know. I mean, they're in the mix, but they're in the bottom they're of the mix. Minnesota, Minnesota, Memphis. Memphis, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, I can't see a Blazers team with those two other guys as like an upgrade over any of the other ones, even LeBron and Russell Westbrook or LeBron and Kyrie. So. I mean, I think if Kyrie goes to the Lakers, I think they're a better team. I think the spacing would be better because Kyrie can hit shots. I mean, you say all you want, but he's an incredible basketball player. And if those guys are healthy, I, I would put them in that five to six range, maybe even a little higher, depending on how the rest shakes out. There's always one of these contenders that somebody gets hurt and they fall apart like like the Blazers did last year with Lillard. So um, it's going to be really tough for the Blazers to compete. And at some point, I would think, kind of like Bradley Beal, when does it become enough is enough? Lillard seems happy now. He's about to get a two-year, $100 million reported extension that was talking about a couple days ago. He's going to get his money, just like Bradley Beal, and maybe in two years he goes, yeah, I don't really need to be here. Let me get to go to a contender. Yeah, I mean, I think, and similar to Beal, I think we can expect the trade within two years. Yeah. And it's going to be a very difficult trade in his kind of money. But that's going to do it for us here. Oh, all- Go ahead. One more question. Um, besides Brunson and besides Isaiah Harnes. Harnes. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you see any other moves for our Knicks? I don't. I think they're pretty much done. And it's very similar to what they did last year where they basically did. They were one of the big talking points of day one of free agency and they ran out of money. Um, I could see them trying to bring in another shooter, another wing, maybe a guy to replace Alec Burks, but they don't really have much money left. So I'll be curious to see what kind of players are available. But at the same time, this is a, a, a team that we screamed at for not playing young players. So now if they're getting more minutes for a Quentin Grimes and a Quigley, it's not the end of the world. Wow. That That's Probably the most positive I've heard you in the last few days. To be they ran out of money, so hopefully they'll play their young players this time. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I mean they're not much, much of a choice, I guess. Oh well, of course they're gonna they're gonna try to bring Mitchell Robinson back. That's the last. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, sure. they have his bird rights, which means they can go over the cap to bring him back. Uh, the numbers we were seeing were around four years, sixty million, which I think is a little bit of an overpay for a guy who doesn't shoot and is always hurt. But at the same time, you don't want to lose the asset. Bring him back, see how he improves his game, and reevaluate the center position in a couple of years. <laughs> what? Uh, the comments in the chat. <laughs> yeah. How many hands will it take 
to count the amount of successful Ben Simmons free throws this year? I'll say how many hands? I don't know, like nine? I'm going to go with like 15. And he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be going to the line a lot. Yeah. If he plays, if he plays. Successful free throws was the thing, but. uh, Oh, yeah. the last, I guess this should be the last question we could ask on our on our show. Um, what would be your ideal dream GM job? Well, obviously, we'd love to work for the Knicks. That's our that's our hometown team, right? But I think in terms of like what would be the one that would be the easiest to work for, where you have job security, you're not worried about if we don't sign Jalen Brunson, we're going to lose our jobs. Kind of job security. I think Miami. I think uh, it's probably so easy to recruit there. They have a really great culture and a winning pedigree, and I think it'll be really easy to basically do whatever you want. Wait, I thought you didn't believe in culture. I believe in Miami Heat culture because it works. <laughs> I don't believe in this. We're going to try to build a culture thing, but they have an established one, so that works. I also would find it funny to build up like some team that just never, ever wins, like the Sacramento Kings. Like If I'm the guy who builds the Kings up, I'm – you know famous forever in, in, in NBA Twitter history. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, to be honest with you, in, in regards to the Kings, like, it's not it's not impossible to, to fix that team. It has some talent. It just needs, like, maneuvering, to, to yes. put it nice. I don't, I don't trust the, the people there to be doing that maneuvering, but that's going to do it for us here on the All Hoops Podcast. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you so much to all of our, our fans and talking in our comments and stuff like that. And we're going to have to do one of these again very soon. Yeah. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining.